that kind of thing. I'm talking about that kind of thing. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, the oldest man to ever start a podcast, Greg Cody. I'm a bad passenger in a car. Are you? (laughs) What a a way to start. I mean, the thought occurred to me the other day as I sat in a front seat while somebody else drove. I love being at the wheel, but when somebody else is, they're always going too fast or too slow or tailgating. Why are you on your phone? Watch out for that jerk in the next lane. Careful that guy ahead of us has his turn signal on. I find driving a car to be an effortless joy, but watching someone else drive is for me an excruciatingly nerve-wracking chore. I'm honestly not surprised that you feel this way because you are on a short list of most annoying people to have in the passenger seat when you're when I'm driving. I, I think I may suffer from CPS, which is a malady I totally just made up called co-pilot syndrome. That means if I'm stuck in a cockpit, I want my mitts on the damn wheel. I feel like there's nothing better than being that passenger, though, because then you can just relax. You can throw the foot up on the dashboard. You can be oh. on your phone the whole time. You can just poke your head up and then throw your two cents in on what where direction we should be going in. You don't really have to be paying attention. I just can't relax. Uh, I, I, I have to drive. Anyway, hey, I'm comfy at the wheel of this podcast, so let's stop on the gas and go. You all have happened upon or hopefully sought out the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody and Chris Cody. And this is our podcast 19th episode. So naturally, Steely Dan is crooning their 1980 hit, Hey 19, as our jazzy, cool soundtrack of the mind today. Christ, man. We have an exciting show for you today, although I'd say that even if we didn't, quite frankly. But we really do. We welcome as our guest today, Dr. Renee Miles Payne. You don't know the name, but she is someone I'm pleased to introduce you to. She fills a newly created position as Chief Diversity Officer for University of Miami Athletics. I thought this might be an interesting person to speak with at a time when a national demand for social and racial justice has risen up from the streets. And I was right. You'll hear an enlightening conversation worthy of your time. For a balance of levity, we bring you the third installment of the popular Greg Doesn't Know Movies bit in which Chris and my other kid, Michael, try to gang up and stump me with questions meant to embarrass me over my Lack of basic movie knowledge. And this one does not disappoint. And we're back with the Mount Greg Moore name game. Debuted that last episode with the letter A. So this week, go figure, we're on to B. Before we dive in, a couple of other quick things. This is from an actual news story of the past few days. Students in Tuscaloosa, Alabama have been throwing COVID-19 parties where infected students are invited and the first person to also test positive wins a cash prize. At a time when coronavirus cases are spiking over much of the country, including here where we live in South Florida, and the U.S. death toll was around 130,000 when last I checked, at a time when frontline doctors and nurses are under siege. I mean, I, I try not to get on a soapbox here in what I want to be a fun podcast, but These are despicable, moronic human beings who evidently have no parents or anyone else they care about. They should all be expelled 
identified and publicly shamed. They, in microcosm, are why we are struggling so mightily as a country to contain this virus and why, by extension, sports have disappeared and are dubious to come back this month. Uh, Which brings me to this. You know the supposed grand resumption of sports we're starting to see with MLB, NBA, NHL, and MLS all poised to restart soon. Don't bet on any of it. Everything is starting to fray. Players are opting out. They're testing positive. I devoted a recent column to this that I hope proves wrong, but I think even college football and the NFL this fall are not sure things. I honestly have to give you a little credit here because I mocked you, was it a month ago? Maybe even more because all the sports seem to be like heading towards restarting and you were on here saying that exact thing and I kind of mocked you and the, the more we go into this, it seems like you might have hit the nail right on the head with that because we might start some of these sports, but I don't know. I'm nervous about any of these sports starting and finishing. The problem is we have no national resolve. Despite what the public service ads tell you, we are not all in this together. There's a great division in this country. Some people refusing to wear masks uh, because they think it infringes on their freedom. Are you kidding me? Uh, so we're just going to take forever to get rid of this thing, and um, and it's going to drag sports down with it. I hope I'm wrong. Um, okay, enough of me and my soapbox. Let's let's get to some fun stuff. We're going to resume the segment. Greg doesn't know movies, and uh, and this starts off with um, Michael and I complaining because Christopher is keeping us waiting to start this recording. And uh, meantime, I had air conditioning problems. So uh, we're, we're in a house that's like uh, 95 degrees. And so just to explain, that's how it starts. Here's Greg Doesn't Know Movies. Let's do it. I just want to get a drink of water. That's where I'm standing. Give me, give me like 30 more seconds. I'm sorry. All right. <clears throat> Actually, I could use a sip this up. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, baby. Because people say we're monkeying around, that's why. Graceland. We're the young generation. Nobody gonna... Graceland. Put us down. Greg, stop talking. Put us down. That 30 seconds turned into 98. It really did. I thought we were starting this thing at 6, by the way. Not that I'm complaining. I would have... It's now 6.42. Where is he? Why didn't we start this at six? Some of I, us are in a hot house. Some of us are in a hot house. <laughs> All right. All right, we're back. The youngest Cody here to ask my father uh, movie questions, and he's bad at it. So are you ready, father? I'm as ready as I can be. Mike, I'm pretty sure the last time we did this, he didn't get one right, correct? Correct. All right, let's get going. Let's see if Greg can get an answer right. All right, let's do it. Greg, who starred in the movie Jumanji, the original Jumanji? Um, I can picture him. I, I want to <laughs> say Robin Williams. Wow, he comes, he, out of, he comes out of the gates with a win. Look at that. Is that actually right? Uh, yes. I, I, wow. Yeah, I was worried about that one. Ah, woo! Do you think you're going to get on a hot streak now? Is that what you're thinking? I, you know what? I was not confident in that answer. It just sort of, you know, when, when you don't really know anything, it's sometimes safest to just do the first thing that pops into your mind. And I'm not even sure why, although I do remember seeing and enjoying right. that movie. The rest, though, I'm not, I don't have high hopes for you. 
right, next question. Name a movie Cameron Diaz has been in. Cameron Diaz, the blonde. Next question. Can't name a <laughs> single movie she's been in. Hey, Dad, do you know who can name a movie she's been in? Most of America. <laughs> okay. She's been in something about Mary. She was in Ma- uh, The Mask. Oh, The Mask. Oh, wow. She's been, lately, she's in like rom-coms and stuff. Yeah. The weird thing is I saw The Mask and enjoyed uh, Jim Carrey in it. What's funny is you can't name one detail other than the name Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's probably true. Although in the mask, um, didn't he wear like a funny mask? (laughs) No, he wore like a funny green hat or something. No, well, yes, but he wore a mask. He wore a mask. He wore a protective mask, just like I'm doing. (laughs) Who starred in The Born Identity? The Born Identity. Um, I want to say... Oh, he's going to get it. I want to say Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually a decent guess, though. <laughs> Wrong. Matt Damon. Oh, wow. Okay. Name the movie in which the character named Kevin McAllister is left at home by his family. The name does me no good at all. That's the character's <laughs> name, by the way. It's not an actor. Yeah, the name does me no good at all as actor <laughs> or character. But I'm going to go with the clue. Damn it. And so yeah. I'm going to say Home Alone. There is no way we, we could say How, Did you read family. it? You didn't read it Home Alone, did you? No, I just said Left at Home by His Family. Oh, yeah. All right. See, that, that, that was a clue. The point of that is a little chance that right. an That's obvious true, one but, could get by. And, and looking back <laughs> on it, by the way, check your notes. I don't think the boy in Home Alone was named Kevin McAllister. In Here we movie. go. I think he had a different name. I've seen that movie. You know how we know, Dad? Because at one point his mom goes, Dad, I bet you my entire bank account, which isn't that much, that it's Kevin (laughs) McAllister. Dad, I will cut off my hand if it's not. All right, I'll take the L on that. Anyway, moving on. Name an animated movie made in the last 10 years besides Frozen. Animated movie, otherwise known as cartoons. Um... (laughs) I'm going to say, what was that one I always meant to see but never saw? Doggone it. Where it's like the people in the cartoon are like half human and half animal. They're like really good looking <laughs> animals. You know the movie I'm talking about? <laughs> good looking animals. Yeah, there's like, a, like, a, like the female animals, like hot, you know. The name of the movie I think has a single word. I know the movie you're talking about. All right, what is it? That's my answer. No, it doesn't count. You were talking about Is Zootopia, it? but you don't get credit That's for that. What no, I was I wasn't talking about Zootopia. Oh. Well, then what the hell are you talking about? What other movie with sexy animals are this? <laughs> I mean, Madagascar? You know, there's so many different types of animation now. I think Michael just said it. Madagascar. No, that's not it either. Okay. Well, then, Dad, it doesn't exist then. <laughs> Dad, there's a lot with animals. Like, that's the thing. Like, well, name a couple. We just did. I don't we know. Just I, I, like, Whatever. Name we'll a couple. To, he says, we'll have to figure it out later. Like, let's the movie I'm talking about, like... The the human animals were like flying around from trees and everything. Oh, Avatar? Yes! Avatar! <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. You think the avatars are sexy? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just learning this too. What's up with that? Oh, that's great. Now, is that a considered a cartoon? No. No. So it's not I considered mean, an animated Sigourney movie. Sigourney Weaver is in that movie just as herself. Like, just as... Who? Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver? Weaver? Sigourney Weaver? Anyway, move on. Greg, name one Jack Black movie. Jack Flackman. Um, 
Jack Black, he starred <laughs> yeah. in a movie having to do with a guitar. <laughs> um, it's true. Like I know, but guitar heroes problem. or something. Help me out here. Give me a hint. In this movie you're, speak- you're speaking of, he it involves a school. School uh, of Rock. That doesn't count as a, a right answer. I think it does. Oh, I gave you Well, it's finger. also like not the best hint. Like, why did you say school? Once you start giving hints, you got it wrong. Like, it might, like, you oh. might gain some dignity, but you don't get any points for what you start Well, getting. I went from I guitar to School of Rock, so. I know, and, and, and he still will go, hello. Like, <laughs> yeah, hello. All right, moving on. Michael, you sound like you're in a spaceship, by the way. Last time we did this, he was in a submarine. Oh, yeah. the house phone. The house phone is ringing. Michael has the world's oldest smartphone. It actually has a rotary dial. No one has an older one than you. What are you talking about? It does. Uh, to his point, Mike, it does sound like you have a dumb phone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's a dumb phone? Just the opposite <laughs> of a smartphone. <laughs> oh. um, Very good. Okay, hold on. Be real. Like, Can you hear me right now? Yes, continue. All right. Name one Eddie Murphy movie. I know that. I know an answer. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of exactly how to word the title. <laughs> it's like um, there's two choices I have. <laughs> coming King of New York or Coming to America. It's one of those two. Or the King is Coming to America. Something like that. Where he plays like a foreign uh, dignitary from like Africa or somewhere. Coming to America and then... He pretends he's in a wheelchair. He ends up panhandling. All right, right? we understand that you're, you're aware of the movie. Did I have the title right? Wait, what you, what's your answer? Coming to America, right? Damn it. Yes. Nice. See, that was the one. Like we, this, me and Michael, I, well, I wanted to put the caveat in there besides Coming to America. And oh. Michael, like, do you know another Eddie Murphy movie? Well, I know another one, and I saw it, <laughs> but I can't come up with a movie. I can describe it as such. The one where he, he talks played, to animals. No, no, he played. Uh, he a plays really, a bunch of people. A really heavy college professor. Yep, he does play a college professor. Yep. Yeah. What was that called? The Nutty Professor. The heavy college professor. Yeah, okay. When I joked with Chris about this, I said that you were going to be like, he played a professor of some kind. <laughs> well, he did indeed. Uh, Nailed right. it. Um, what movie is this famous line from? You can't handle the truth. Oh my God! Okay, the actor is um, is Jack Nicholson, and I can I can picture him. He's like testifying before Congress or something. He's a military man. I'm gonna say I have a low degree of confidence on the name of the movie, but I'm gonna say A Few Good Men. Damn! Is that right too? You got it. Boy, I'm genuinely shocked right now. And it's so hilarious that you just knew like one real thing. And, and I'm like, so like impressed by you. <laughs> I think I've got three right. I actually like this because it's a repetitive bit. It's let's laugh at Greg not knowing movies. The reason why it's good and entertaining is because these are such obvious ones that even people who don't watch movies know these answers. Right on. Meaning you will only be able to get the ones that like made it across America like completely. Mike, coming up for air. <laughs> Michael okay, starring you... in 20,000 Leagues oh, Below the Sea. Shut up. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Google that one, hey, snappers. Hey, All right, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, here we go. Which of these titles is not an actual movie? I'm naming three here. 
The Devil Went to Heaven, Road Trip, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Which of those is not a real movie? Mike, read them again. Okay. The first one, The Devil Went to Heaven. The second one, Road Trip. The third one, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, the Devil Went to Heaven wearing Prada, by the way. Um, I'm going to say, because it's so preposterous and, and obviously made up, I'm going to say the men stared at goats. <laughs> you're saying that that's, that was with goats. You're saying that's a fake movie? It's got to be. You're wrong. That's a real movie. All right, so now you have two options left. Road Trip and The Devil Went to Heaven. Which of those is a fake movie? Okay, um, I feel like Road Trip has been the name of about 500 movies over the years, so I'm going to say that The Devil Went to Heaven. You're right. Is that true? I mean, once again, you didn't get this answer right. You got okay. it wrong, and we gave you, like, we narrowed it down, and y- y- yes. Every third buddy movie ever made has been named Road Trip. Yeah, you know Road, Trip love, Road Trip probably wasn't a great option. But let, let me say something that I love. I love that Dad doesn't consider that, like, a movie title could be, like, a metaphor. So he's just like, there's not a movie where men stare at goats. Like, he thinks that that's, like, the movie. That movie sounds pretty bad. <laughs> All right, another (laughs) successful installment of Greg Doesn't Watch Movies. (laughs) I thought it was Greg Doesn't Know Movies. Good ending. Oh, see, now that is a successful episode of Greg Doesn't Know Movies for Greg Cody, but yet still entertaining and still baffling how you don't get every single one of those questions right. That's the part of this that's so good is that you actually had a good round. I think you got three right out of seven or eight questions, but still, (laughs) you should have gotten all eight of them right. It's a mockery and it's a joke that you didn't get all of them right. They're so easy, all of these. Well, I I have to admit that that bit both um, amuses and embarrasses me at the same time, which I didn't think possible. Anyway, let's move on to to a serious, meaningful interview, I think. Uh, Let's welcome into the podcast... University of Miami Chief Diversity Officer for Athletics, Dr. Renee Miles Payne. You joined University of Miami Athletics last fall in the middle of football, in fact, uh, as a Senior Associate Athletics Director for Administration. And it was just a couple of weeks ago that that you were named to a, a newly created position of Chief Diversity Officer. And uh, yes. that, that interests me, uh, Renee. I'm wondering, you take on this job at an extraordinary time in America, not just in the middle of a pandemic, but, you know, w- when I hear the word diversity and chief diversity officer, for me, diversity is, is intertwined with a lot of stuff. The, the perils of prejudice, the, the yes. call for social justice we're seeing play out from the streets in the wake of the George Floyd killing. Is that totally peripheral to what you're doing or is that part and parcel of it in a way. It's part of it, Greg. I mean, I think what we're dealing with in the current climate probably uh, took this to another, you know, to another level, specifically in athletic departments around the country for sure. But within athletic departments, you have a subset of students and staff of color, primarily in those sports of basketball and uh, football, those students, um, feel this, that what's happening in the country at a different level. And uh, as an administrator in, in this profession, we, we have a responsibility 
to not only protect them, but also how do we feel as staff? So I, I would even say, Greg, sometimes we, we, we put all of our energy into the student and what they, and which we rightly should be doing because that's who we're here for. But then sometimes we'll forget about the people like myself or there are other uh, people of color within the department who may have some issues as well or may be feeling some, some, some um, gravity of the situations that are happening. And so we've developed a, a probably a parallel uh, path for what we're doing with the students and then what we're doing with staff. And the baseline of that for both is education. So we started with hearing from everyone, then speaking their heart with no filter, and then we moved that to education. Now, how do we bring all of those thoughts, feelings, exasperations that people are feeling into an educational model to help move us forward? And not just for this moment, because as you know, you know, I'm not going to tell your age because I don't know it specifically, but I would per se that you've been around for a while, right? Oh, I have, yes. <clears throat> That's a nice way to put it. Okay. And, and, you, and you've seen how it's the, the, the ebb and flow yes. uh, uh, of this diversity, of this, of this social justice piece from the Martin Luther King days to now what we, what we have now. And what I believe is, is, is great about this moment is that we have brothers and sisters of different mothers, as I call them, who are helping at a greater level move this, or make this a movement. As they say, this is not a moment, it's a movement. And so they're helping push this movement to, another, to, a, to a higher level. I, I think one of the things we've seen come out of this that's positive is that all of a sudden we're not afraid to discuss race in blunt terms you know, both, uh, I'm an older white guy and, and, and this whole subject fascinates me. And when I see the, the, the diversity of the protests, that gives me hope in a way that I haven't felt hope before. And I'm wondering, Renee, um, the, the roster of the Miami Hurricanes football team includes a lot of young black men, many of them from inner city environments. The very demographic that seems most susceptible to police brutality, to be perfectly frank. And I wonder, is, is part of your role to have those discussions with football players and have you already? Yes, absolutely. We, we had a discussion, I would say, a, maybe a week after the, the, the uh, murder of George Floyd. And it was emotional. It was uh, powerful. And what we did was, is the administrators, we sat back and listened. We let the students talk, um, and um, our one one of the, one of the, the young ladies who's assisting me, Dr. Felicia Tunay, um, led that conversation with the students, and and we just listened. We wanted to hear from them. What what were what were they feeling? And there were feelings of anger. Um, there was feelings of you know frustration. Um, they were scared. I mean, you, you name it, any emotion that you could probably think of on the, on the, on the spectrum of emotions um, we had on that, that, that call. And I would say it was approximately 100 or so athletes from different, from different sports, not just football, from different sports. And they expressed their, their concern. Um, they expressed how, you know, what, what happens to me if I'm in that situation and how do I, you know, how do I deal with it? And um, our job 
uh, as administrators and, and kind of the caretakers for them while they're away from home is to help them navigate that situation. Um, give them the tools that they, that they need to, as we say, get home safe now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not always, if you are a per- person of color, it is not always clear that if you get stopped that you're going to get home safe. Sure. And particularly just the, the statistics are there to back it up. If you're a, a young man of color, 18, 20, 25, you're probably more susceptible. Uh, Absolutely. And um, in, in those discussions with students, did you hear any ex- firsthand examples of this happened to me last year or anything of that nature? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, they, it, you know, Greg, to be honest with you, it, it's even happened to me, you know, and so you, you have stories of staff and students who have dealt with this and have gone through um, these situations. And, and, le- and let's just say, we were fortunate enough that we all got home safe because they were here to tell it. But then those situations where it doesn't, doesn't go well and, and, and is not, does not go in their favor, we hear about situations like that too. And so fortunate enough for us, we haven't had any, anything since I've been here that has drawn us to a different uh, conversation of having to deal with, you know, personal grief of someone in our family, of the UM family, um, not, you know, coming home safely or not getting getting back safely. So in, in my time, I, we, I, we have for, been fortunate enough to not to have to deal with that. And I didn't say this earlier, but I want to make sure that um, our, our mental health experts are key and how our students and our staff members are dealing um, with this, because it can also leave you paralyzed and not do anything and not want to come out of the house. We hear, we heard that. We heard that some of the guys is just afraid wow. to, to, to just leave home because they don't know what's going to happen next. Because if you recall, it's right after the George Floyd and that before the George Floyd, that was an Ahmad Arbery that was working out and were running, you know, jogging. Right. And, and our student athletes were at home because of the COVID-19 and they're working out. They're running in their neighborhood. They're trying to stay in shape and as best as they can to be ready when they return. And they were calling back to campus to say, can I come back to campus? I'm not, I don't feel safe in this, in this area that I'm in. I, I, you know, I may be hurt. Wow. Um, I want to work out. I just want to you know, do what I need to do for my body. Or, you know, Breonna Taylor being home. And being and being and being killed, um, and then you have the George Floyd on national TV, and then right after that, the Rashad Brooks in Atlanta at the Wendy's, uh, sleep in the driveway. I mean, you get just a succession of things that our, our you know people of color are dealing with in what we say called you know it's a new phenomenon called living while black that they are experiencing. Um, to a different level where when Jim Crow was happening, you knew the signs were there, you know, colored, white only, you know, things were right there, but now we're not, they're not, the signs are not there and you don't have any true direction and you're just doing basic things, driving, walking, running, um, you know, barbecuing, <laughs> bird watching, right. and now it becomes a, a, a situation that could cost you your life. You alluded briefly um, to your own personal experiences, and I, I was going to ask you that because 
you're a woman of color born in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. and, yep. um, and before I ask you about that, I have to tell you a quick personal aside. I was in a college class of mine uh, about a century ago, and um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a music history class. And I had to do a research uh, paper on the Delta Blues. All right, now. <laughs> and, and my assigned topic was Clarksdale's significance in that genre. And I'm like, Clarksdale? I'd never yes. heard of it, but of course I come to learn about John Lee Hooker being born there and, and Muddy Waters and Muddy Waters living there. And, and I think that's famously where Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil. To was the in devil, your, yep. In your hometown. <laughs> and um, so you're a, a, a woman of the, of the Deep South. Yes. I don't assume anything, but I wonder what personal experiences of, of racism that you maybe had to endure that would certainly inform what you're doing right now. Absolutely. I, you know, we, we had our discussion. We had our first educational discussion last week with all the staff. And um, I, I, I told some of my, some of my stories and um, growing up in a state of Mississippi, which would probably be listed as probably one of the most racist in the union. <laughs> um, my experiences were very tough. I'll say. One, I, 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 will, I will go from the, one of my first experiences and then give you one more, one more recent. One, um, as a six-year-old going into school, um, had, you know, being called the N-word and then being asked did I drink chocolate milk to get the color that I was. That didn't end well. I mean, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't. I got into a little trouble because I, 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 I did kind of, you know, push back on, on, on that. And then right after uh, Sandra Bland was a um, black female who was also a sorority sister of mine. I didn't know her personally, but your sorority sisters uh, for us are across the country. And um, she was killed in police custody. Um, in 2015, I think it was. Right after that, I was going home and this officer was trying to stop me. I refused to stop on the road, side of the road. I waited until I pulled all the way into my driveway, into my apartment building. I was, in, I was living in Alabama at this time. Pulled into my driveway and he was, he was upset that he had to follow me that far. Um, to to get into, you know, just get me to stop. But I explained to him when he came, I had my hands on the steering wheel. And I told him, I said, my driver's license and insurance is in the glove compartment. I do not have any weapons. And he said, okay, I pulled out my, my, my driver's license and gave it to him. And he asked me, he said, ma'am, why didn't you stop? You saw the lights. Why didn't you stop? And I just explained to him, I said, my sorority sister, Sandra Bland stopped and she didn't go home. I just figured if this something was going to happen to me, at least I was at home. Wow. That was it. Man. That's and nice. so it, it so you, 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 those experiences happen to you for some of us, because it's a normal occurrence, Greg, we just shrug it off and, and, and keep going in life because that's what we, that's normal for us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are places right now in Mississippi That'll, I'll, you know, I can see the sign where it will say no N words after dark today in 2020. That's crazy. And, and so, 
So while I'm a, a woman of the South and, in, and, 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 and love where I come from and are happy for the experiences that, that I was raised in and the things that I learned, um, it shapes you differently and you move differently in society when you have grown up in that type of segregation and what it means for you and your family and your, you know, actually your life. Yeah. And um, that experience uh, should be a prerequisite for uh, anybody who dares call themselves a chief diversity officer. <laughs> you're, uh, you're qualified. And then moving Absolutely. on from all of your accomplishments uh, as an administrator. Um, Renee, I've kept you too long. I um, really appreciate <laughs> your time. And your expertise and, uh, and all your perspective on, uh, on everything we've talked about. Congratulations on your new job. You, you seem more than well suited to uh, excel at it for sure. Okay, I appreciate it, Greg. Thank you so much. Have Thanks an awesome day, okay? You too. All right, thank you, Dr. Renee Miles Payne, Chief Diversity Officer. For University of Miami Athletics. That was that was pretty enlightening. I enjoyed that, and and I'm glad um, we had her on at just the right time with everything going on. I think now let's finish funny. We're going to have the uh, second installment of the Mount Gregmore name game. Actually, is this the second installment? This is the bees, right? What did you think uh, it was? <laughs> what was? I don't know. I was thinking. I'm looking ahead already. I'm thinking C's. What do I know? All right, this is the bees, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, and this is fun, but is it controversial? I don't know. We'll see. Here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with installment two of the Mount Gregmore name game. We started it last week to rave reviews. Everybody in the country was talking about it. And what we're doing is every week, alphabetically, we started with A last week. We're going with the Social Security Administration's most popular American first names by letter from the last 100 years. Last week, we crowned the all-time greatest Anthony's, which was the A winner. And now we count down the five most popular B names from the last century. Number five, Benjamin. Number four, Brandon. Number three, Betty. Number two, Brian. And the number one American B name from the last century, Barbara. I feel like if that was the last 50 years, Brian would have been the winner. But since we included 100 years, it's Barbara. Yeah, I think Barbara does skew a little bit older, as you're about to hear from my personal top five lists of all time, Barbara's. By the way, Barbara translates to mean strange or foreign. Imagine that. As you know, the distinction between uh, Mount Gregmore uh, that makes it better than Mount Rushmore is that Rushmore does four. We do a top five. But just to annoy you, I start with an honorable mention every week. My honorable mention, Barbara, is Saint Barbara, the early Christian Greek martyr. If we had this podcast in the third century right now, um, it would be interesting because she was happening in the third century. By the way, St. Barbara was the patron saint of artillerymen and miners. It's amazing how specific those patron saints get. Well, at least that would have been interesting centuries ago. How about that? And now the top five 
Barbara's. Number five, you knew her as June Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver. Ladies and gentlemen, Barbara Billingsley. How about that? Number four, she was a famous actress, one of the most popular actresses in Hollywood from the 30s through the 50s. You all remember Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> what was she in? <laughs> I couldn't name a single film. What a terrible list. This I mean, is that's so she. Well, I mean, Barbara Skew Old. I tried to warn you about that. Number three, famous newswoman Barbara Walters. Of course. Okay. Number two, she was the first lady. Got to give her some mad respect. Barbara Bush. And the number one Barbara of all time. She's a Babs. You love her voice. She's still crooning. Ladies and gentlemen, Barbara Streisand. How about that? First of all, you missed uh, Barbara, Barbara Sinatra, Frank's fourth wife. I can't oh, believe God. you left her off. Okay. Um, and you left off the genie in I Dream of Genie. Barbara, Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden. Yes, I did consider... Uh, I did consider why. Barbara how does Eden. that the second Barbara you said fourth place on your list? Right. Like you can't, you didn't name a single role that she did. How is Stanwyck. she? How is she ahead of I, the I Dream of Genie? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a legit list of of all time popularity, not you know favorite sitcom mom, not this, not that, but general overarching popularity. I think if, you're doing this wrong. We're trying to entertain people here. Like, well, I'm you, trying to educate you. Need to as go well. wacky. Like there should never just be one that you're like actress from the 40s. I'm not naming a single one of her flicks. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. like go. No, Stanwick. Barbara like, Stanwick. Like that's uh, that, that like that's who who's getting joy out of that response? I think it was a joyful segment. Uh, I think it was a wonderful follow-up. Uh, this was the Gr Mount Gregmore of B names following Anthony comes Barbara who the heck will be the most popular C name? There's only one way to find out. Coming next be, week. Be oh, sorry. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Okay, well, you know, I'm sure Chris or Christopher is up there. But uh, is it number one? Check back. <laughs> I just saw you, like, really building up an announcer's voice there. So just, like, right at the punchline. I just, like... <laughs> yeah, you really did. You cut off the punchline, and you're so confident that Chris is the number one C name. I'll be happy to disappoint you next week. I'm oh, looking I... at the list right now, but I'm not going to tell you who wins. I will tell you that Christopher came in number two in a very close vote. So see uh, who leads the C's next week. All right, I need to put my foot down here. As the person who's in charge of making sure that this podcast remains entertaining and doesn't let just Greg Cody just go off on his tangents of just useless information. I need to have more control over what name we're doing here. Barbara was like, none of those names were fun. The, the most fun name there was Barbara Streisand. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what, what are you getting at? I mean, I'm, Barbara I'm Streisand get, is a beautiful person. I'm getting at that. I need to have final say here over what names we're doing. I'm serious. This will be a more entertaining segment going forward. I okay, you. I, you and I are at loggerheads like a couple of rams on a mountainside. Tune in next week and see the name game edition C names to see who wins this great argument.
All right, let's bring this cruise ship into port. This has been the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. I would love to see you try to dock a boat. I mean, I'm not saying I'd be any better. I'm not, me and you are not salt life. Like I would right. love me and you well, to I be on, I would love me and you to just be left to our own devices on a boat and they're like, dock <laughs> it. And we're like, what? As long as I don't have to back up. As long as I'm going forward, uh, I'm totally in, t- in, in control. <laughs> All right, enough of this. Listen, I want to really thank Dr. Renee Miles Payne from UM for joining us today and had fun with Greg Doesn't Know Movies. Uh, thank you most podcast listeners, my podcast family. Really appreciate you joining us each and every weekend. Next week, I don't have to tell you, it's a big anniversary celebration because it's podcast number 20. So join us then. See ya. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Got to give her some mad respect. Barbara Bush.